From Ortho Carolina, this is the Between the Bones podcast, where we talk about all things orthopedics. We chat with doctors, patients, and medical device experts to help you understand what goes on in your skeleton and what goes into taking care of it. So let's dive in as we go Between the Bones. Not everybody has to or needs to have an ACL reconstruction surgery. And so the ACL does not function in standing and walking and sitting and going up the stairs and you know taking climbing a hill, right? It's a side-to-side cutting, pivoting, twisting type of a ligament. And so inline things do not require an ACL. When you hear the words ACL injury or ACL tear, your mind probably goes to your favorite sports team or a specific injured player. You may know that the ACL is located in the knee and it can be torn, but not much else. On today's episode of the Between the Bones podcast, I'm speaking with Dr. Brian Saltzman, an orthopedic surgeon at Ortho Carolina who specializes in adolescent and adult knee, shoulder, and elbow surgery. We talk about the specifics of the ACL. Where is it? How does it tear? We get into the details of surgery, physical therapy, and recovery times. After today's episode, you'll know a lot more about the ACL and reconstruction, so stay tuned. My guest on the show today is Dr. Saltzman. Dr. Saltzman, welcome to the show. Yeah, great to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, man, as, as we get started, uh, I want to know about you. What, what's your specialty? What's your focus? And, and where, you know, where was your education and all the fun stuff? Yeah, absolutely. So born and bred in the Midwest, Chicagoland area, uh, did my schooling for undergraduate in Cleveland at Case Western, and then all of my medical training up before fellowship was in Chicago at Rush University Medical Center. I uh, actually came to Ortho Carolina for my fellowship for sports shoulder and elbow, and then was fortunate enough to be hired on. So been here ever since. Uh, and uh, my practice here is um, with the Sports Medicine Center in the, sh- in the uh, Sports Medicine Shoulder Elbow Division, uh, largely focused on complex knee, complex shoulder, and then a, a reasonable amount of elbow as well. Okay. Wow. All right. Well, that's, that's important. So we like elbows and shoulders. Those are great. Mm-hmm. So, so let's talk about ACL tear and subsequent reconstruction. So first of all, tell, like, tell us what the ACL is. Uh, what, what is an ACL tear? How does it get torn? And then let's kind of talk through it from there. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's, you know, the ACL is the buzzword one that we're all so used to hearing watching sports and, uh, and friends and family members who have largely, um, often ended up having an injury somewhere with someone close to you. And so largely the ACL is a ligament within the center of the knee that helps to prevent, um, forward translation of the shin bone and some external rotation. So essentially some of those ways that we see them injured are those ways where we see that stress to a degree where it shouldn't be stressed from a physiologic or normal human standpoint. And so that often comes in non-contact ways like we see on the football field with a player going to cut or pivot or twist. We see it in contact ways where a soccer player gets cleated by another player who's sliding into them uh, for a tackle. Uh, but anywhere where we see the need shift and pivot and then um, um, that stresses that ACL in a way that it can't be stressed, allows the bone to kind of knock back on itself as it comes back in. And that's why we get that big swelling, feel that pop. And uh, and the concern too is to what other structures can get injured when the body moves in that way, it's not supposed to move. And so mm-hmm. we often see with ACL injuries and reconstructions, we see injuries to other ligaments, we see injuries to the meniscus, which are those little C-shaped cartilage structures on the inside and outside part of the knee. 
uh, and then we run uh, run the risk of um, having to deal with those as well when the ACL gets injured. Hmm. Okay, so is the most common type of ACL injury is it is it from a sport typically or, or from some kind of athletics then? Yeah, you know, in my office and in, in our offices, we see them along the gamut of younger and older, the weekend warriors, com- uh, competitive athletes, uh, people doing things like riding a scooter or rollerblades, going skiing on the weekends. So it can happen with largely athletic type activities, but sometimes in more innocuous type things, motor vehicle accidents, motorcycle accidents, um, high level traumas, sometimes lower level traumas we see as well. Um, in uh, in patients who move the wrong way with their foot planted, and and so it doesn't have to be a big sports related injury. It can be something okay. more subtle and still lead to that same pattern. Yeah, I mean that's good to know because I it, you know I I think like many people when I hear ACL injury I immediately think football field college athlete like that's you know that's where my head goes. So it's it's, sure. it's good to know that this is something that that actually affects a much broader spectrum of people. Yeah, um, absolutely. That you can then help. So. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay. Um, so, so let's talk a little bit about the subsequent treatment. I mean, somebody tears their ACL, what happens next? Great. Yes. So the first thing to kind of realize is what, what are things going to look like right away for you, right? As a patient or a person who experiences an event that might be an ACL tear. And so again, you feel that often that, that pivot, that shift of the knee, the pop, the swelling, it tends to swell very quickly because the ACL is very vascularized. So it has good blood flow. And so unlike some of the other parts of the knee that can get injured, which might have a more delayed swelling uh, or no swelling at all, when the ACL tears, it often swells pretty significantly. So unfortunately, you kind of know something is wrong. Uh, and, um, and then from there, there might be concerns for feelings of obviously pain, of instability before you even get into the office. Once it's kind of identified that there's an ACL tear, obviously we discuss, well, what do we do in the here and now? And the acute or the early treatment for it is ubiquitous, which is we got to get the knee moving. We got to get the swelling out. We got to get the knee feeling more normal. And that's regardless of what the ultimate treatment algorithm is going to be. Uh, the only times where that's the caveat there is that we, we can't do that or don't want to do that is some of those concurrent or some of those associated injuries that can happen. So if you've got a big tear to another ligament or if you have a tear to meniscus where the meniscus is flipped out of place. Those can affect the way we look at treatments from elective to less elective scenarios, uh, as well as how we kind of prehab or, or get patients moving. But in the setting of an isolated ACL injury, we actually, even for a young collegiate football player who we want to get the clock started right away on the course to rehabilitation, can operate on those right away. We've got to get them ready for surgery. So I often tell my patients that uh, that we'll do a couple of weeks, even for the higher level athletes who are spending all day every day trying to get ready for surgery. We need a couple of weeks to get that knee ready, to get the motion back, get the swelling out, wake the quadriceps up. Quadriceps shuts down really fast after injury. And until the knee is ready to undergo the surgery, um, you're kind of set up for failure if that surgery happens. And so first and foremost, I use my physical therapy colleagues in what's called an ACL prehab or prehabilitation as opposed to rehab, which we have on the back end, to get the knee ready for surgery and, and moving and swelling out and uh, kind of prepared for what's going to come next, potentially. Hmm. What comes yeah, next? I mean, so I, I would not have thought that you'd need to have some weeks in between injury and surgery. So that, that's really interesting. Good to know. So then, so, so then walk me through what's next. So we've gone, you know, you've gone, the patient's gone through weeks of preparing, you know, the knee for surgery. They do the surgery. What's the recovery look like? 
Yeah. So the surgery, and the nice thing is that our technology is so good at this point that what years ago used to be multiple hours of open surgery and an overnight stay, and even years before that, casting of the knee afterwards, which we've realized, um, you know, obviously in decades more recent, that's, that's a big no-no for after an ACL reconstruction. Um, largely, these are done arthroscopic assisted, so mostly through poke holes and then an incision to get a graft if you use a graft from the patient or smaller incisions to drill tunnels. So largely smaller incisions than they used to be. Um, outpatient surgery, um, where you're going home the same day in a brace or without a brace, depending on kind of the provider's um, uh, protocol. But it's an outpatient surgery in and out the same day. And depending on, for me at least, depending on what we do to meniscus, largely depends on how we treat you immediately from a weight-bearing standpoint and a motion standpoint. And so if it's just the ACL again, we actually are okay with you putting weight on the leg right away. I let my patients weight-bear immediately in a brace to protect and with crutches to assist because, again, that quadriceps takes some time to wake up to where it can prevent the knee from buckling underneath you and putting that ACL reconstruction at risk. Um, but largely speaking, otherwise, we get you moving immediately. Um, I start therapy right away. And we try to get that swelling out and get the knee moving before it tries to get stiff on you. And we know that that's actually healthy for that ACL reconstruction to get moving right away. Hmm. I mean, again, like not what I was expecting, right? You expect you're going to have a surgery, you're going to be laid up in bed, you get to relax, watch some Netflix for a week or two. And that is not at all the case. So yeah, these, these take a lot of effort on the part of our patients. I, I tell my patients all the time that, um, not only is it a long rehab, it's a really arduous rehab and it starts right away. And so, I say I have about 1% of play in the system, and that's me on the day of surgery for a short time. And then the rest of it is really just aggressively getting that knee going and a lot of work and a really strong relationship between patient and therapist. Wow. Okay. So, all right. So then, uh, so you've walked me through, we've gone through injury, preparing for surgery, surgery, you know, immediate post-surgery, you're up and around. What's the prognosis look like long-term after that? Yeah. And that's the really, really hard part of the conversation, especially with younger patients who are sustaining this injury and trying to get back to things that they really love to do, like sports or, or just being active. Um, it's a long rehabilitation. And I, I tell everybody that there's not too much we can do to change that. And so it doesn't even matter who you are or who your therapist is or how you're moving. It's really a long therapy and a long recovery course. And so for me, it says first six weeks is all about getting the motion going, getting the, the um, uh, swelling to go away, waking that quadriceps up. And for me, I use a brace for the first six weeks out from surgery. After six weeks, we get you out of the brace and the focus becomes normal walking, no assisted device. You don't have a brace anymore. You keep strengthening that quadriceps and getting that knee moving well so that by the time they come in my office around three months post-op, I often see my patients walking like they didn't have a surgery. And feeling, unfortunately, like they didn't have a surgery. And I say, unfortunately, because I have that same conversation each time to say, you know, at three months is usually where my, my healthy ACL reconstruction patients are saying, gosh, I'm, I'm really feeling good. And I'm really ready to do more than you're letting me do. And I kind of have to hold you back. That's the weakest point of the graph histologically. So that's the part where the ACL reconstruction is at its highest risk for being re-injured. And it's unfortunately right what coincides with when patients are really kind of eager to feel like they are ready to get back to the thing. So for me, I follow a course rehabilitation wise that uh, one of my many mentors here 
uh, taught us and, and largely get my patients back to the elliptical at about three months, um, starting to kind of run closer to four, four and a half months, sometimes five months in line. So in line, straight ahead, straight back type activities, side to side motions closer to that seven month mark and, uh, and starting to get back to some sport specific type considerations. But we really don't see our athletes get back to closer to about nine months and sometimes 10 months, depending on the sport, depending on the patient, depending on what other structures were injured at the time. But, uh, but that course is long and it really, unfortunately, doesn't matter what else we try to do or how good you feel. We have to respect the biology to some degree. Mm, yeah. I mean, that's, that's important, right? And, and this is, these are time tested methodologies. Um, so then, so let, let's, so let's get to that 10 month mark. You've got a patient, they've been through the whole thing. They hit that, they've done all the things exactly like you said, they hit the 10 month mark. What then? Are they, are they good to go? Yeah. So great question. That's, that's actually something that we're putting a lot of effort in on our side of things at the sports center. So my colleagues and I doing ACL reconstructions here, and we're trying to standardize and have done so a return to play testing with a couple of our physical therapists at a few of our different locations. And so for me and my colleagues, we're largely putting our patients and our athletes through the same return to play criteria. And our therapists are the ones guiding that. And they're really, really great at it. And what it does is it tests things like quad strength of the leg in comparison with the other side, um, balance and proprioception, landing mechanics, kind of the things that we know that protect the ACL from injury and protect an ACL reconstruction from re-injury, and also importantly, protect the other side from becoming injured are tested to make sure that everything is ready and set and safe to get back to those higher level cutting pivoting uh, activities if you want to get back to those, of course. Uh, and so if, uh, you know, if you pass those, then we kind of generally feel like you're safe to get back. And, and obviously on the back end, we're, we're trying to look at this in a more detailed kind of research, research oriented means and, and to see how well we're doing with this. Um, but, uh, but certainly we're following these patients along and, and trying to make sure that we feel like between us as the surgeon and our medical uh, colleagues and our non-operative colleagues, and our physical therapists, that everybody feels that our patients are ready to get back. The other thing that I think is really important that I harp on a lot, and it goes through the course of all those nine to 10 months and beyond, is the psychology of getting back. And so what we've seen in research and literature of recent in the last few years is that of all those things that we do test and all those things that we really work on physically, waking up that quad, getting the quad stronger, uh, mobilizing the knee, getting back our, our good you know ways that we're cutting, pivoting, and, and smart ways of behaving from a mechanical standpoint, really the psychology of it is incredibly important. And so the one of the biggest risks, uh, and in some studies, the biggest risk of re-injury is actually fear of re-injury. And so there's a big medical aspect of things and, uh, and it's real, right? I, I have patients of mine who these big, strong athletes trying to get back who say, you know, we see that the knee is ready. They pass the testing from a physical standpoint and you can see that and, or, or in talking to them, that there's still a concern there and a hesitancy. And it's just because this is a trauma, you know, it's a, it's a quick injury and it's a fast surgery for me. Um, but it's a huge rehab and it's a lot of undertaking and that consideration of, God, I can't go through that again, um, is what can lead to re-injury. So it's a big part of it is mental and, and psychological as well. So I, I just want to repeat that because that seems kind of profound. You said the biggest, one of the biggest risks to re-injury is the fear of re-injury. Exactly. I mean, wow. I, again, things that I would not have considered prior to this conversation. So uh, wow, that's okay. That, well, I'm glad that you're thinking about that. That's that's really really important. Um, 
Well, uh, as as we wrap up our, our conversation about you know ACL uh, tear and, and the subsequent reconstruction, is there anything else that you'd like to share with our audience? Anything else? That, any questions I didn't ask that you'd like to answer? Um, I think that uh, you know one thing to mention is uh, as we got into treatment a treatment algorithm as well as well, what's the other side outside of surgery, and and you kind of alluded to that in your first question of how do we think about these and treat these. Well, not everybody has to or needs to have an ACL reconstruction surgery, and so. The ACL does not function in standing and walking and sitting and going up the stairs and, you know, taking, climbing a hill, right? It's a side to side cutting, pivoting, twisting type of a ligament. And so inline things do not require an ACL. So I had, you know, there are patients of mine um, who are, you know, either older or not as healthy or don't have a desire to get back to higher level activities to where, um, there's a consideration to have that discussion. And I will have that discussion and, and make sure that it's understood. This is a, a truly elective surgery, unless there's another injury in the knee that's pushing us towards a surgery, right? But outside of that, it's an elective surgical discussion. Um, but we do see that the ACL is, you know, is an important ligament for people who are going to stress the knee. And it's not necessarily because the ACL can get more torn. It's pretty binary. It's torn or not torn. Once it's torn, the risk is largely to the other structures in the knee. So if you're a high school football player and you're trying to, you know, make your name as a junior and, and get, um, get picked up by a collegiate scout, which these are the conversations I have not infrequently. The question is always, well, can I finish out that football season? Can I, is there a brace I can wear? Can I wait until the end of the season? I'm trying to get scouted. I can't miss my senior year. Those types of discussions and the concern, again, it's not about injuring the ACL more. The ACL is injured. It's, it's about putting the other structures at risk if that knee shifts again. And that's cartilage, meniscus, and the other ligaments. And so it's an important ligament, uh, you know, when it's important. Um, but there are times where we don't use our ACL. Mm. Oh, that's, again, I had no idea. That's good to know. Okay. Well, uh, Dr. Saltzman, you know, thank you for informing us about ACL tears and reconstruction. And I look forward to talking to you uh, again very soon. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Between the Bones podcast. We're glad you could join us today to learn more about this topic of orthopedic medicine. If you want to learn more, go to OrthoCarolina's website at www.orthocarolina.com. This podcast episode was produced by Edgewise with production and script writing by Clara Jennings and production and editing by Neil Gee. Thanks for listening.